you. Um, Jason and I are not with you today. We are actually in the Wenatchee area right now. And here is the scoop on how this came about. We have been looking forward to this particular day. I'm filming this on Saturday for quite some time. Um, back in like the end of January, I got a call from Brooklyn on her way home from school. And if you don't know who Brooklyn is, that is our 15 year old daughter, freshman in high school at the time and got a call from her and she was out of breath and I thought, oh no, something's happened at school. I'm, I need to go pick her up. Tragedy. So we get to where she's breathing again and she lets me know, mom, the Lumineers are touring. This is her favorite band and they're going to be in Washington at the Gorge on July 16th, 15th. I don't even know what day it is. Um, and so she was just overjoyed. Like, we, we have to go. I was like, oh, that's, that's really cool. Okay. Um, super excited for you, babe. Well, probably two weeks later, she um, came into the kitchen while I was making dinner um, with her a plan. She just had made a really big decision in her life. And um, she has been saving money to be able to go to driving school. And she has to pay a portion of that. So every th birthday money, things... You know, she's just been setting money aside for that. Well, she decided that driving can happen any time in her life. For the luminaires, that is once in a lifetime. So she researched the ticket costs. She let us know only one of you can go with us. So if both you and dad want to go and you're able to take me, I can only afford one ticket. Here's the gas prices. We would probably have to stay the night. But I looked at this hotel. This is approximately how much it would be. Unless, of course, you might be willing to put me on a bus. <laughs> you guys, it was the best plan ever outside of the bus. And I was like, okay, you know, let's, let's think about that. Well, we knew that her birthday was about a week after that. And so we had planned to get her tickets and for the whole family to go. And it was fun to be able to surprise her with that. So she is able to do driving school. And here we are about to head out to watch the Lumineers. Um, she was getting ready in the bathroom tonight. She's like, I've been so looking forward to this that I'm kind of like sad that it's here because then afterwards, I won't have that to look forward to anymore. Super cute, super fun. Um, so we're just really thankful to get to spend some family time together doing something that our kid loves. Um, and we're so grateful to all of you who are here and holding down the fort and making sure that church still happens and that we can gather together even though Jason and I aren't here this morning. So a huge thank you to our worship team, our video, our sound, our media teams, our kids church workers, um, our service coordinators. And then I'm going to introduce you to our guest speaker for this morning as well in just a minute. But I want to give you our announcements for today. First of all, you might have noticed in the foyer this morning that we are collecting our items and our donations um, for our Cedar Way food and supply distribution, as well as for Vision House. And if you don't know anything about those, Cedar Way, we partner with the Edmonds School District to provide families in need some support by giving them fresh produce, some diapers, um, feminine supplies, and just generally items that their families need to help them out and get through these tough times. So that's a really cool thing that we get to do. And then we also partner with Vision House to stock their resident store. And Vision House is a nonprofit Christian organization that helps families that are facing homelessness or are coming out of homelessness. And they wrap around them in intense ways to help them to flourish and to, um, to fight homelessness. And they're incredible at what we, they do. And we get to do a small thing to help them in their mission of coming alongside of families. And so we help stock their residence store and residents when they pay rents on time, if they have a family that they know is just kind of struggling a little bit, they open up that store to their residents and get a few extra items. And so for those of you that partner with us that make donations every once in a while or even on a monthly basis, we are so grateful for you. And if you want information about that, you want to just kind of see the list, it's a digital sign up, and we can send you the link. 
you simply need to text the word Cedar Way to our Brookview number and that will automatically push that list to you. You can also fill out your online communication card at brookviewchurch.com forward slash contact and mark the box that you're interested in helping and we will get you what you need. Our distribution is on Tuesday in just a couple of days. And so if you're willing to help with that, we would be so, so grateful for that. And the next announcement that I have is for Soccer Club. We have a training for our coaches coming up on July 31st. That's a Sunday right after church. And if you have been considering helping with Soccer Club in a co coaching or an assistant coaching capacity, we would really love to hear from you and get you all set up and provide food for you at our soccer club training. Um, and you can sign up to volunteer for soccer club by going to your online communication card, filling that out, mark the box that says, I wanna help with soccer club. Now coaching is not the only way that you can help. Um, we, we need help with some check-in. We need some help with our um, store. Um, for, for our cute little campers that get awarded with Brookview Bucks for character traits that they're displaying throughout the week. Um, and that's a really fun thing to do as well. So if you're interested in helping for things outside of coaching, um, we also need help with our Friday barbecue. We end our week of soccer club by inviting all the families that have been a part of our week together to hang out in our parking lot to go upstairs into where you're sitting right now and we show them a slideshow. It's just a really cool way to open our doors to them, to um, allow them to see that it is a church community that has been pouring into their kids throughout the week. So we would love to have volunteers to help with that. If Friday's the only thing that you could do, that time commitment would be about 11.30 in the morning until about 2.30 in the afternoon. And if you could help with any time, any amount of time, grilling, setting up the food, helping with the store, setting out chairs, that kind of stuff. Again, we would be so, so grateful. We are starting to kind of ramp up and put all those puzzle pieces in place and we're so thankful for those of you that have already said yes and we're looking forward to just kind of completing our volunteer team. It takes a lot of people to make soccer club go. Um, and so we're excited for what God is going to do as we invest in kids and families in our community for the week of August 8th through the 12th. Okay, let me introduce our speaker to you this morning. Annie Banchow um, is someone that I know, and we kind of go back a little ways. Some of you have heard about ID groups at Brookview, and they are groups where um, they're called ID because that stands for Intensive Discipleship. And it's where people gather together and there is a large amount of diving into the, to the Bible um, and just discipleship that happens there. And a few years back, Jason and I were looking into ways to um, make disciples and to grow discipleship in our community, community because we felt like that was something that was just lacking and that God was kind of um, tapping on our shoulders and saying, hey, we need more in this arena. And so as we began to research, we came across this ID group idea, and they're actually called huddles. We just renamed them because huddle just sounded a little bit like, um, well, a holy huddle. And it wasn't our favorite. So, um, but I got to be in an ID group or a huddle with Annie. And boy, you guys, you are in for a treat this morning. Here is what I love about Annie. She is excited about the things of God. When she speaks and she looks at you, you can tell that she is truly rooting for you. And there is something in her disposition that just screams, I love life, I love God, and I want you to see God, and I want you to know Him. And so, Annie, I'm so grateful for who you are. I'm grateful for the investment that you made in me as we had that huddle leader training so many years ago and the way that God has used that to then grow our Brookview community. I've gotten to see you at events for the Alliance Northwest, which is part of um, our denomination, the Christian Missionary Alliance, and I always love bumping into you. I love your smile, I love your personality, and I'm so, so thankful that you have come all the way from the Portland, Vancouver area 
to share and to bless our people. So Annie, as you make your way up here, I just want to pray for you this morning um, that God would, would move in this room. And so let's do that. Annie, come on up. Everybody else, would you bow your heads? Dear God, I thank you for who you are. I thank you for the way that you are on the move in our lives and in our church. And as Annie comes to speak this morning, God, would you open the eyes of our hearts? Would you help her to communicate whatever it is that you've laid on her heart clearly to us? But more than that, God, I pray that your spirit would move. God, that we would see you in new ways, that we would respond to you and think about you more clearly than maybe we had than we walked in. God, I believe that when your people are gathered together, there's power in that. And so I pray that you would fill this room, God, and that we would get a vision of you among us. It's in your name I pray. Amen. Have a great morning. Oh, amen. Oh, hi. Oh, thanks, Jen, for that. Oh, my gosh. So good to be with you this morning. As I, that intro was so sweet and so dear. I'm Annie Buncheu. Um, my husband's from Romania, so that is a Romanian name. Um, the CE is a CE. And um, I am the youth ministry coach for the Alliance Northwest. I was a pastor for about 10 years and now at a church in um, just north of Portland, Oregon, in Vancouver, Washington. And um, that ended in about October. So now I have the privilege of serving all of the youth pastors, Alaska, Oregon, Idaho, and Washington, and kind of see myself as a pastor of pastors, which is super, super fun and kind of amazing. One of the best parts about my job is getting to visit churches and hear about the work and the love and the community that you guys are building, that Jen and Jason and the partnership that with all of the volunteer leaders and all of the passion for God's love for the world at Brookview. And that just gives me, it gets me so excited. Um, I'll, talk, I'll tell you a little bit more about myself, but I wanna talk about you guys. I grabbed this brochure. Well, first of all, I walked into Love Lived, Live Love. Yeah. I'm like, it's everywhere. I took pictures of every time I saw it. When I pulled up, I was like, oh my gosh, that's so cool because that's what I'm going to talk about today. So you guys, if you want to just relax. Oops, something's happening. Is it my hair? Is it my face? Is it what's going on, guys? Let me help you. Sorry about that. Um, usually I have to take off an earring, but I think I'm okay. You just tell me. If that happens again, I'll do this again. Anyway, you guys. Holy moly, if you haven't read this brochure, I'm just going to do a commercial for you. <laughs> Next steps, keep coming to church, be a part of a community. This is so cool. Read the Bible. Oh my gosh, I'm going to talk about how much I love the Bible. Um, come to our family meeting. I love that. You guys just have cultivated this nurturing space, even just in the atmosphere of what Brookview feels like. Um, get connected with others, like hang out together, yes. Get involved and then ask questions. If you haven't read this, it's really funny. The letter from Pastor Jason, he really starts with a lot of negative, awesome things. <laughs> so, <laughs> gosh, I'm so sorry, guys. We should have wiggled this, huh? Is it my cord? Oh, is it? I hope not. I'm going to keep going. It <laughs> wow. And I was at Life Conference, a national youth conference with 6,000 students last week, and that's why my voice is so scratchy, because I literally lost my voice, and it's slowly coming back. So I, was, I would offer to do it without a mic, but that would be bad. <laughs> so we'll see. They're scrutinizing. They're looking at me. The other thing I really love about your community that's happening right now is it talks about vulnerability and authenticity. <laughs> like, you guys are just real. So really, my hair or my face, is disrupting the mic. Anyway, so, <clears throat> excuse me, voice, mic, everything. Lord, thank you. Um, so I'm a wife and a mom, and I was a foster mom for eight years. I am licensed and consecrated with the Christian Missionary Alliance. Um, I lost my voice at life. And I had a rumor from you guys that you guys serve well, that you love serving, and that you, and that's not, that's not a pressure to like serve better. I saw already uh, somebody bring in a box of diapers and I didn't know what it was for, but then Jen told me what it was for. So I was like, that is so sweet and so wonderful. Um, I, I, love, I love getting to know you. 
Um, I wanted to just give you guys a, a minute. Vulnerability and authenticity might be, by, might be it. But if you would just, a couple of you would just tell me your favorite thing about Brookview. Just like shout it out, like one or two words. Like what's your favorite thing? Like what are you guys known for? Like what do you like about you, your community? What's that? What is it? Jen. Oh my gosh, right? She is so dear and so lovely. I love her. She's so great. Any oh, Jen, so good. Oh, perfect. I can do that. I'll roll with it. You can you can turn all this off, right? Real. Real. I love that. This is off. Good. There you go. I was like, you know how that happens when it's like, the collision of mics. Oh my gosh, this is hot. I love it. Okay, so real, Jen, one or two more? The sermons. You like the teaching here. That's so cool. I haven't listened to Jason or Jen teach much, so I need to do that. That sounds really, really good. I got to hear Bryce share. He's a cool guy. I serve on the licensing board or licensing with him for the CMA. I got to hear a little bit of his talk. Thank you so much. Um, last two weeks ago or whatever. And then last week you guys were like having a barbecue or a party or something. Dude, you guys are rad. I love it. I love it. Today we're just going to talk about how God loves us, how we get to love each other as a community of brothers and sisters and how that love together with God pours out into the world. Those three things. I'm going to share my story quite a bit. Um, being a guest speaker somewhere, it makes it easy. So I can just, I believe that God has written a story in my life and that God has written a story in each one of your lives and that we all have stories to give and share and that even the darkest things in our life shine the brightest light on God, if you will. So there might be some bumps in my story that I'm going to share with you, um, but that's because God's asked me to. And I believe wholeheartedly that God has a beautiful story in each one of your lives and that if I could pass the mic, we would hear of God's love, of, of God's growth in you, and, and the trajectory that he has. So let me pray, and, and we'll get into it. God, thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you for this dear, dear community of people that have hardship and struggle and beauty and strength and uh, caring and kindness and giving and love. God, we're so grateful that you welcome all of us into um, your family and that this here at Brookview is just one expression of that. God, would you, just like Jen said, would you give us, would you give us your voice today? Would we get to hear what you have for us? Would your Holy Spirit in each person here, whether we know it or not, God, would you be speaking to us through, through any little thing, through the sun, through the worship, through the sermon, through the prayers, whatever, God. Use whatever you want. Thank you so much that you do that to get a hold of us in a way that helps us grow closer to you and grow closer to each other and give that away to the world. Thank you so much for doing that for us. Thank you so much. In Jesus' name, amen. But me he caught, reached all the way from sky to sea. He pulled me out of that ocean of hate, that enemy chaos, the void in which I was drowning. They hit me when I was down, but God stuck by me. He stood me up in a wide open field. I stood there saved surprised to be loved I that verse kind of is the theme for my early life I didn't grow up in the church I was uh, raised in Portland Oregon in a, the middle of three girls to a, a pipe fitter and a seamstress and we had no church affiliation we had no religious upbringing we were the definition of unchurched in the Pacific Northwest yeah, you, some of you might know what that's like. Um, so I had a, a struggle when I was young. I didn't feel a sense of belonging in my family of origin. There just wasn't much there in terms of connection or belonging. From a really early age, I ended up, so I didn't have much attachments um, with, my, with my parents. 
not no offense to them. They did. They were doing the best they can. I want you to hear that. They were doing the best they can with what they had, and and God and there's been so much work. It's beautiful, but I didn't have an attachment as a young 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 person, and so in my figuring out how to live as a two three four five six year old, I formed an inordinate attachment to a substance, food. That was my struggle early on. I had an, an inordinate attachment to something else. So I went around my life with a little bit of uh, a sense of that I didn't belong. And that I had this like isolated thing that could help me along the way. Now, I ended up, I was super extroverted, and so I ended up u going into school situations and making friends with everybody and putting on a biggest smile I could and laughing at all the jokes so that I can have a sense of belonging at school. And then I would go home and go back to that isolated, like, little space. So I suffered with, with some abuse and neglect when I was young. Um, some things, some terrible things happened to me. And uh, there was this one picture that, I, that is really important to me that my mom, oh, to her credit, was so awesome. So I was at a preschool. I had been traumatized early on in life. And then I was at a preschool where uh, some trauma happened again, which is often the case. If you're traumatized young, you can often have that repeat, like a traumatized child will sometimes be re-traumatized. So I was at a preschool where I experienced trauma. And my mom took me to that preschool, and she walked in the back steps with me, and she said that the whole class, if you will, was sitting at the front talk, listening to the teacher, and I sat down right inside the door. And she thought, what is going on here? To her credit. And she, days later, she, she asked some questions and pulled me out of that preschool, which was amazing. But that picture, whether she told it to me or I remember it, I'm not sure. You know what I mean? But that picture kind of stuck with me because that's kind of how I felt. Um, when I was 15, I, and this, I'm telling you this because God is, is still today on search and rescue missions to, to show love, to, to bring his kingdom. We just sang about it on earth as it is in heaven. And he's on search and rescue missions today for each one of us in the whole world, all his created people that he loves. So that's why I'm telling you this. So when I was 15, I um, super isolated, super uh, had experienced so much pain and trauma and had, you know, my own ways of making that okay. And I considered the, the most terrible thing of, of ending my life. And I, I like to share that today because I know many struggle with anxiety and depression. And I was sitting up in my bed. Nobody was home. Okay. This is, this is a, a funny God moment. Um, I was sitting up in like the top bunk bed and I had like a plan and I had, I was writing a very short letter, like very short because I didn't think anybody cared at all. And, um, and nobody was home and the door was open to my bedroom for some reason. I don't know why that was, I just, you know, 15 and, and I saw a man in the hallway and it felt like, I told my therapist this years later, it felt like Santa Claus. I had no context for church or God or religion. I just knew that Santa Claus was good. <laughs> I'm totally not comparing God to Santa Claus. Please do not hear that. Please do not send my boss an email. Annie Wincheu says that God is Santa. No. Um, but I had that feeling. This man was in the hallway, and I, it stopped me in my tracks. And I burst into tears, cried my eyes out, put away the stuff, and decided to suffer in my existence for a few more years. I had no idea what that was. I just, like, literally, I put it away and thought, huh, that was creepy. Like, maybe ghosty. I don't know. It was very weird Santa Claus feeling. So, fast forward to 17, my senior year in high school, and uh, we had a basketball team at Evergreen High School in Vancouver, Washington that was a really good basketball team. They could play basketball really well. I had not seen a community of faith at all at all, ever. Um, that's not exactly true, but it was a different type of community of faith that was in my past. But I had not seen a f uh, community of Christians, of Christ followers, of followers of Jesus at all. And then this basketball team, and I was, remember, I was like, I went to school and I put it, I was like, yay, I was a cheerleader, I was an ASB leadership, I did all the things. I ran assemblies, I you know stood up on stages, like I just was, I tried to get my needs met for belonging at school. So this basketball team was super good, but they were, followers of Jesus. And the weird thing they did before every basketball game was they got on their knees and they prayed. 
And they ended up being really great and like winning state that year. I won't tell you what year because, yeah. Um, <laughs> and one of their, their, friend, their girlfriends actually invited me to church. And I was like, sure. And so I went to this church. I started serving in the youth group way before I knew Jesus, which is super funny. Um, a couple months into it, I actually, I was thinking about this on the way up here from the drive from Portland this morning. I was like, I actually invited a friend to the church gathering where I met the Lord. Like I had invited a friend to come with me. And we were sitting, I don't know, like three or four rows back. And the pastor was preaching. And um, he was doing a it was a Southern Baptist church, so we had an altar call, and he asked us all to close our eyes and, and bow our heads, and, and like, and I remember saying, and I didn't know I was praying, but I remember saying to God, like, I didn't know I was talking to God. <laughs> I was like, my friends should really hear this, and I felt like for the first time, I heard God's voice, and it was like, what about you, and it, I was like, What? I'm the girl in the back at the thing. Like, I don't belong anywhere. Like, I belong in my room, alone, isolated. Like, literally, my family took trips without me. Like, I was like, I'm literally the alone girl. Like, that's me. And God's like, what about you? And I was like, really? You, you'll have me? So I, you know, put my hand up and went forward and was like, they prayed for me. I was like, okay, okay, God, if I can belong to your family, thank you. I'll just sit in the back. I'll just sit in the back by the door. I'll try not to make a fuss. I'll try not to, like, be in your way or, you know, get in the way of these beautiful people that are sharing this beautiful sense of community. Um, but me, he caught. Reached all the way from sky to sea. Pulled me out of the ocean of hate, literally. The enemy chaos, the void in which I was drowning. That's what he did. I was drowning in my own personal hell on earth. And he pulled me up and he said, hey, hey, Annie, I love you. You. I want you. And I was shocked. It was really, really cool. So we get to know extremely deeply and intimately that God is on a search and rescue mission for your heart. That is what he is doing. He loves you. He loves every single person he created, which is everyone. Um, the second thing, so as I became, um, as I met the Lord and then started reading his Bible, like I totally didn't have community. So I was like amazed at these people that I was like hanging out with. I was introduced to the word. I started reading it like crazy because I was like, I didn't know anything. I had no idea the culture of church culture, Christian culture, anything. So I was just reading God's word and reading and reading and reading and falling more and more in love with it. I was already serving in ministry um, from a really, a really young age, or a really young spiritual age. Um, but I, I felt belonging for the first time in my life to a community of believers like yourself. The, the power here was really incredible, which totally takes me to my second point. A new command I give you, Jesus says this. Jesus says this in John 13. Um, it's right after he washed all his buddy's feet before he went to the cross, before he did the thing that helps our, our suffering and our pain and our sin and our struggle, mine included, the sin committed against me and the sin and then sins I committed I don't, sometimes I don't even like that word. I'm, I'm the youth ministry coach, so I love talking to young people who maybe don't have any idea about God. So to, to, to shift that word a little bit, the, the pain and the hurt and the, the maybe even evil committed against me, and then the, the evil that I kind of committed against myself and others. Does that make sense? It's a little bit better way to say it. But right before Jesus did that, right before he made the solution of joining our suffering, um, he said this to his buddies, a new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. If you love one another, everyone will know that you're my disciples. Isn't that so cool? So it's not I want to say this because I really want to like, love is not butterflies and rainbows. It's not like, it's not easy. God's love is nothing like that. It's not easy at all. 
It's sacrificial. It's messy. It's deep. It is it is the kind of love like a surgeon would do. Like my son um, fell and hit his head, and he he had to have like a lot of stitches. It was bad. He was really little, and he was in the papoose because he was like three years old, and he was you know all numb. But they were sewing him up, and it was terrible. And he was really freaking out. And he kept saying this word, which I thought was super funny. So I'm sharing it right now. He kept saying, "No more haircut, mommy." Because they were stitching up his forehead. I know, <laughs> poor kid. But that's the kind of love that will hold you down and stitch you up. <laughs> that's the kind of love that God has for us to give each other. It's not, it's not ra- rainbows and butterflies. So, so when we're here at a, at a community level, there might be different things that we need to do and have happening right? We might need to be having forgiveness. We might step on each other's toes a little bit. We might hurt each other's feelings a little bit. For me, I was super immature, didn't grow up in the church, didn't have any sense of, had, had a lot of stunted maturity, I would say. So when I came into the church, I was just like, Wah! I didn't know boundaries to save my life. Yeah, the people that I was interacting with had to really shepherd me. A lot of older women came alongside and said, hey, can I help you with that? Can you get more help? And then later on, I was 28 when I ended up calling a therapist because my healing was a long process that God is still in process healing me. I'm still in process. I still struggle. Um, I'm in a 12-step program. And just this morning, I texted my sponsor and said, this is the food plan today. Thank you so much for caring about me. I'm sharing my story today as part of my sermon. Pray for me. And she was like, got it. Yeah, we're all works in progress, right? So we're going to step on each other's toes. I want to tell you a couple stories and from my ministry experience. Did I mention I was a youth pastor for six years and an associate pastor for a couple years? And before that, hospitality. And I did, I did ministry from the time I was met the Lord to I'm still doing it. <laughs> um, but one story I wanted to share with you, a kind of about knowing and belonging in the family of God, is I was doing a fostering ministry um, it was a missional community to foster families in the in Clark County. And we were throwing a big Thanksgiving dinner for 100 kids in foster care. And we had a team of about 40 or 50 people doing that. So we had, like, donations and, like, turkeys were being cooked and delivered at the church and blah, blah, blah. So I was leading this missional community at the time. I didn't always, but I was leading it at the time. And this gal, Judy, really, she was in charge of the meal. And she cared very much about the butter for the rolls. Thank you. These are my people somewhere over here. I was like, I don't care about butter. And I was a total jerk to her. Like, I know, it was horrible. And so the whole event is beautiful. Like, kids are coming. Foster parents are leaving and taking a break. Their kids, we, sh- we passed a mic. All the kids said what they're thankful for. It was pe- there wasn't a dry eye in the house. Like, people are just bawling about the things that these sweet, traumatized children were saying they were thankful for. And... Um, I, w- I went home, I went to bed that night, and in my examine, I was so proud of the team and what they did for kids, that service they did, and I uh, remembered Judy, and I remembered how I failed her in that moment, and was really harsh and mean about butter. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry, I want to tell you a little bit. She, I mean, emails about butter, and then like, the, the idea of where to put it on the table or have it little cups, like, I was just like, oh, my gosh, I really do not care. Like, any of those decisions is great. I felt like I pastored it for as long as I could. And then, anyway, so that the next morning I woke up, I actually texted my boss and said, could you, like, I, for accountability reasons, I didn't want to apologize. I was totally feeling like a jerk and feeling, I just did it with you guys. I felt like, what, she shouldn't care about butter. But that was her job. That was her contribution. She was organizing the meal. And I was not kind. And so I told my boss for accountability because I was like, "Ah, I got to apologize to this person. Pray for me. (laughs) And so I called her and I just said, hey, Judy, I am so sorry. I, I was uncaring. Please forgive me. What can I do to make it right? Um, that was one story. There's another story. So this is really about community. This is about us. This is about loving each other well and being followers of Jesus that love each other well so that the world sees Jesus, right? So then um, another little story. 
that happens. And this is a real, this is even sadder. That one was sad about me. Yeah, I'm a work in progress. Um, <laughs> but uh, this was a sad story that somebody, um, sweet lady, Darla, she was on the hospitality team, which I was in uh, overseeing. This was my first ministry job. First vocational ministry job was hospitality pastor. And um, so I had security, guest care. I had all the Sunday teams uh, I was overseeing. And this woman was wonderful. And she brought treats like once a month and made coffee once a month. Super sweet. New follower of Jesus. Her brother actually shared the gospel with her. And she started coming to, to our church and serving. I loved her. I thought she was wonderful. And one day she disappeared. And so I reached out to her, like it was Facebook Messenger at the time, because I was using that like for all my communication. It was like kind of newish. Wow, that was a long time ago. <laughs> how embarrassing. Um, so I reached out to her Facebook Messenger and said, hey, Darla, how are you? I miss you. I never, I, I never, and maybe some of you get it, um, I never say like, why haven't you been at church? I hate that. Like, come, don't come. The, people, the world thinks that they have to be in this room to, be, to go to heaven or to be saved, and that's just not true. The, we come as, it's a pleasure to come and fellowship together, right? So I never want to give the, the feeling of, like, where were you? Never. So I reached out and said, hey, miss you. How, how are you? Nothing. She didn't say anything. So I waited a couple more weeks, and then I called her and said, hey, Darla, it's Annie. Um, just wanted to check in. Hope you're doing well. Miss seeing you around. Have a great day. Nothing back. A couple months later, maybe six, maybe six months later, I got an email from her. And it said, um, hey, Annie, I, didn't, I don't feel like you like me. You gave me a dirty look this one day. And I just felt like, you know, not welcome. And I was just, oh, I was heartbroken. I had no idea what she's talking about at all. There was not even like, you know, sometimes there's people, we don't, like, you know, we're not everyone's cup of tea. So there might be people that we are brothers and sisters in Christ with, that we brush shoulders with, that we're just like, ah, this was not a person like that. Those people, that's fine too. Like we have those. We have our close-knit people and then we have people that we, oh, your personality type is a little different than mine and it's not my cup of tea and that's okay. We love each other in Christ. But this girl, she was awesome. I loved her. There was, I felt so clear in our rapport with each other. And I felt like what a sadness that there was this misunderstanding that happened between us because of my face. Because I make that face a lot. <laughs> but I got to tell her. I was so grateful. I was like, thank you so much for telling me. I've missed you so much. Um, I, I'm, if you said I made that face at you, I want to validate that. But... I'm doing 20 things at the same time. I didn't apologize well, obviously. I can't even reiterate it to you guys. But what I'm trying to say is that we have to, we have to weather those things together. We have to expect those bumps. We have to come at conflict with sweetness and honesty and grace. We have to have forgiveness and kindness to each other and toward each other because we are brothers and sisters. And we, the world will know that we are disciples of Jesus by the love we have for each other. That, he says that to them right after he washes their feet. How do we serve each other in this space? How do we make sure to go out of our way? Uh, I got to see it this morning. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to totally brag. Um, somebody's kiddo was playing, was playing and needed cars. And so Rebecca said, hey, could you get that out of my car? I love that. Ask for help. And the person was like, sure, and went and got the cars out of the car, and the kid was like having such a fun time during worship rehearsal. You guys are real. It's sweet. I love it. So, so the first point was find love. Like, let God love you. Like, go ahead and, like, embrace that. Find his love for you because it's there. And then the second is that knowing your disciples of Jesus, you're going to expect love from each other, Okay. So I just want to do a little thing, if you're comfortable. If you're not, just look down and stare at your shoes. But if you could turn to the person next to you and just say these words, like, you can expect love from me. And love, love means that, like, real grace, forgiveness, conflict. We're going to, like, work it out. But if you could turn to the person next to you and say, you can expect love from me. It's so powerful to walk into 
an Alliance church and be like, I can expect love. I love these people already, and I can expect love from them. Thank you. You guys play nice. You guys play nice. I really like it. So when we, when we know love from God and when we expect love from each other, we can give love to the world. We can partner together and with God to do what that's, to partner with him on his search and rescue mission for those, those hurting, traumatized hearts like mine, totally, totally in pain, totally suffering, totally in need of a savior, which is all of us. Um, I love this verse in Romans 8, for I am convinced that neither death nor life nor angels, nor demons, nor things present, nor things in the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. When we think about that exact verse, what Paul is saying here in Romans, which he's already talking about how his own struggle and how we just struggle, we're we're just strugglers. We struggle. I struggle. I have these, these things that, I'm, that God is sanctifying out of me. Please, Lord. Please, Lord, keep healing me. Um, but this verse to me tells me that there's no barriers in my loving the world. That, that there's nothing, death or life, nor angels, nor demons, nor future, nor present, nor powers, anything in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God. Nothing keeps them away from Jesus, okay? Nothing. It's why he came. It's absolutely why he came. For me, that little girl, abused and neglected, when I think about the suffering of my Savior, I know he gets me. I know he gets me. I have students who say, I would not follow Jesus except for his suffering. That he suffered the life with us, that he came to earth and lived human and suffered, means that, my God knows me. So no politics, no beliefs, no, orient, no orientation, no sexual orientation, no, no abortion, no racism, no murder, no gluttony, no adultery, no idolatry can separate us from the love of God. Those human endeavors that we get entangled in because we're doing the best we can, those are the things that Jesus desperately wants to, for his love to, to bring the kingdom of God into the kingdom of the earth and to, to draw close. It's not about, it's not, I'm not saying that those things won't be corrected. Please, Lord, correct me. Guide me. Help me walk on your path that is good for me and good for my fellows. Please, Lord, help me with that. Help these people do that. But I get to share God's love with the whole world. And you guys do it so well with diapers and whatnot. <laughs> I love it. But when the kindness and love of God our Savior appeared, he saved us, not because of righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us generously through Christ Jesus our Savior. So the thing about serving others, like, it totally helps you, too. Did you guys see that? Oh, my gosh, it's going to date me. Did you guys see that Friends episode when Phoebe's trying to find, like, an altruistic act? And everything she does, she's like, oh, crap. Like, that totally was for me. <laughs> I think it's a genius of God. It's genius. That serving, getting out of your own head and thinking of others is actually helping you grow. Actually helping you grow. When you sacrifice the $27 to buy a box of diapers... That helps you grow. It helps orient you to the, to, the, to the troubles of the world and to the God's redemptive, restorative power in Christ Jesus. Any act of service, a smile, a handshake, a, a, a nod, an open door, a box of diapers, or a mission trip to build a church or a well or whatever. Any act of service, right? Okay, a couple, a couple stories. Um, my kids, so I mentioned we were foster parents for eight years. So we had 26 maybe babies. That's what I say, 26 maybe babies. I was definitely in it for the wrong reasons. 
please don't judge me too harshly. Um, <laughs> I, we wanted to have a little girl. And fostering is not about adopting. It's just not. So we had 26 come and go, which we were, we were so sure that God would use us to love little people that needed a, a warm, soft place. So um, my kids, my two biological children, grew up you know, from the ages of three to five, like fostering. They had kids coming and going all the time. And I just feel like it made them two of my favorite people in the world. Like, it just made them the best people. Like, they just, serving others as part of our lives, like, just nurtured them into the giftings of hospitality and sacrifice. And I see that in each of them, and they're 20 and 19 now. Um, there was a, so I, was, I mentioned I was a youth pastor for six years, so there was a young girl I think she was 16 or 17 at the time, who ran away from her home. And she called me. I was a youth pastor. And she said, hey, Annie, can I stay with you? And I said, uh, for the night, sure, if you call your parents and tell them where you are. Like, if you get permission, sure. Awkwardly, she's running away. And I'm like, well, if you call your parents, tell them where you are, then you can stay with me. Um, which, that's just, uh, seriously, write that down. <laughs> you should definitely call your parents and tell them where you are. Um, <laughs> And she ended up staying for a night or two and then went home and then really discerned with her parents that it wasn't going to work for her to live at home and asked me if she could live with us. And so I went to my family because at that time we weren't fostering anymore. And, but we had had a rhythm of like, we're all going to talk about this. And if we're welcoming people into our home, we're all going to do it together. And so we sat down as a family of five, we, my, do my daughter as well. And... Um, and I said, hey, guys, this, this young gal needs a safe place. She's blown out of her home. She's got some, some, some special issues I won't disclose here. And should we offer her this, you know, refuge? And the, <laughs> the kid that has the hardest time, he's my middle, he said, absolutely, so quick, you guys. It was like, if she needs a safe place, we have a safe place, the end. Like, we'll move whatever. We'll move whatever rooms around. We'll, you know, it was so cool. I was just, like, so proud of them. The other thing that serving, serving helps you, um, taking students to care for uh, as a family shelter. We used to go once a month and let the kids play games. So it was, like, a room like this, and we, you know, did crazy stuff with tape and balls and pizza. Like, it was just wild. And we invited uh, students' friends that maybe didn't grow up in the church or didn't know God's love for them. And there was one little girl, Lila, that, that we always do a reflection after we serve. And so we were like, hey, what stood out to you? What stood out to you? What stood out to you? And this little girl was like, I didn't know volunteering existed. I didn't know people, like, cared about other people. And she, like, got to see God's love in that act of service that she herself did. It was really cool. I feel like I'm preaching to the choir about that because I know you guys know, because I know you guys serve. It's really, really beautiful. I'm really grateful for that with you. So we're going to find love. We're going to expect love from each other. Find love, like God's love. Like, like embrace it. Like it's there for the embracing. Like it's poured out, <laughs> literally, literally. The love is there. So we're going to find love. We're going to expect love from each other. And then we're going to give it. We're going to give it away. Because Jesus wants desperately to heal the world through his work with you. Y'all. I, I lived in Texas for four years. Y'all is the term. Um, the His work with y'all. He wants this group, this community, this these people that love him and serve him and follow him to to partner with him on a search and rescue mission for the world. So I just wanted to offer a minute, if the worship team doesn't mind coming up, I just want to offer two minutes for you to just sit quietly um, and reflect on where you're at today. Because in those three things, there are people in the room that really need that fresh understanding or feeling of God's love. Maybe you've never accepted it before. Today is your chance. Every second is your chance where you can go, God, God, do you love me? And he's, I, I will tell you the answer is yes. However he says that to you, let him, let him say that to you today. And then some of you need to restore relationships here. Like either in this community, I'm not speaking like a prophetic word over anybody, but like whether in this community or just in 
people of faith or your families, some of you need to that fresh, like, how do I forgive better? How do I care better? How do I love so that the world sees Jesus? How do I love here better? And then some of you need to give it away. Some of you might be like, oh, I've been hesitating because I don't have much time or I don't have much capacity. Uh, I've been hesitating to step into service. But <laughs> it will benefit the world and you. And so some of you, those three things, if you could just take two minutes of quiet, um, just to think about, ask God which, where you're at, like what your barometer is there, and then I'll pray for us to close. thank you <laughs> thank you for this community that is so familiar with how to live love <laughs> I just love that slogan I love that mission God would you direct each heart here would your Holy Spirit be be working be shaking be 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 um, just alerting each soul to what you have for them today if it's a deep, deep, deep love of themselves, God, would you help them embrace it? If it's a, a point of forgiveness or grace that they have for their brother and sister, God, would you reveal it? And Lord, if it's a commissioning to go and serve and give love away to anybody in the world around them, God, would you spark that passion? Would you bring your word and your love and your light to guide the path? for each of these possibilities. God, thank you that you, um, that you have us, that we don't have to worry, that because of Jesus, there is all hope for resurrection in our lives, all love, all peace, all joy. God, would you give us that today in really hard times? Would we know that there is joy just in your presence, just in your worship, just in the love that you have for us and the world around us. Thank you so much for taking care of us. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen.